there are certain ways we have been doing things all our life, and there are alternative perspectives. At Spillity, we spill those alternatives or unconventional ideas. Hello everyone, this is your host Keisha from Spill the Tea Studios. We are excited to record our 20th episode today, and together with me and my co-host Bibi, we have a very special guest who has been recognized by Forbes as the best among 30 under 30 in Europe, Oscar Bjorn Rossiger. How are you doing, Oscar? Hi, Keisha. Thank you for the nice introduction. I'm, I'm doing very well. It's, uh, it's actually quite good weather here in Denmark today. Uh, so uh, I'm just enjoying. Very nice to to be here. Thank you. That's good to hear. At least uh, there's a good news among all this storm of bad news that I'm hearing every day. <laughs> well, uh, talking about unconventional ideas, we have an incredible story from Oscar and team who wanted to do things differently by thinking and acting differently who took on to challenge the status quo and gave the amateur cycling world a professional outlook. These guys joined their passion of cycling and their responsibility to contribute to a green future. And what we have today is a responsible and innovative company called Pro-Own Cycling. So Oscar, please tell us how it all started and how did you pick this as your career? Ah, so uh, yeah, it all started when I was uh, just in high school, actually. I was together with one of my current uh, best friends called Casper Peterson. He's also a rider of the Tour de France now, actually. Uh, and he was a professional cyclist already back then. And he had some uh, clothing that he was not allowed to use anymore because he got new sponsors. And then I asked him, uh, so Casper, what can you do with this clothing? And he basically said, I, I can't do nothing with it. I can't ride with it. I cannot do anything with it. Then I said, okay, but it's such a pity if this clothing has to go to waste. So let me try to sell it for you. I, I think some people might be very happy to actually ride in this clothing. So I actually started just by selling his used clothing uh, on a Facebook page. And it was just ripped off. Like really, it went really fast. And I thought, okay, there must be much, lots of other amateurs out there who would be happy uh, to buy the used clothing of the professional cyclists. Then the idea sort of took off from there. I founded the company together with Casper uh, Peterson, but then after one year, we split up because he was focusing on his career and he had to continue as a professional cyclist. And then I uh, did the best so far decision in my life, I would say. I teamed <laughs> up with my current partner, Casper Hillstrom, who is the CMO in the company right now. And we had the same mindset, the same idea. We wanted to take the business as far as we could could go with it. And uh We've just both been working really hard since then. And uh, then naturally the concept has been like on a natural development where we started to buy all the used clothing from the riders. And then we started to cooperate with some of the cycling teams who basically had the same issues where they had some overstock or used items with old sponsors on that they weren't allowed to use. And then we just started to buy from the teams. Then at some point, we also started to buy their bikes and their components. And yeah, just everything started to escalate a little bit. And uh, <laughs> yeah, now we are uh, here in Denmark. We are uh, 20 employees. And then we have uh, also a subsidiary in uh, Germany, in UK and in Belgium. And we also have some super cool, nice employees down there. Yeah, it's it's been a great journey and uh, also quite unbelievable for me uh, and my partner Casper. Sometimes we have to, to stop and think a little bit about uh, what started as used cycling clothes is where mm -hmm. we are now. 
that's so amazing to hear from from identifying this small gap that you figured out while talking to your friend and then just starting from Facebook where I actually know about you because I saw some of the sustainable community talking about your work as well. So that's really interesting. And it proves that Facebook is still what many people use nowadays, right? So what you are talking about is a circular business that leads to a circular economy that can help in bringing sustainable benefits. So in tandem with opening up opportunities that can profit businesses in the long run as well. So what is the importance of a circular economy in a global context? Uh, maybe you can share your views on this, Oscar? Yeah, sure. I mean, uh, of course, it's a little bit hard question, so I'm going to take it from my own perspective. But definitely, I think it's very important that people and companies in general think about the circular economy because we are in a world where the world resources is lacking and we need to ensure that we are using all the supplies that we have to the fullest. Um, I find it very important also that some companies might not think it's possible either. I, what I experience is at least that some company are like either we are green and sustainable or we are producing. And I find it more and more essential that a lot of companies try to mix these because I do believe that you can mix buying and producing new stuff and new products with selling overstock or used products. So the combination of the two, I think, is is, is going to be very essential for a future uh, with the circular economy included all over. And just in general, I find it so cool that whatever some people might think is worn out or is not mm-hmm. able to be used anymore, there will always be people who would be more than happy to to get these products. As an example, we are supporting a foundation in Colombia where we are sending some of the overstock we have or like <laughs> the overstock that we buy from the team. Sometimes we also have overstock of that overstock wow. uh, or some items that are not sellable for some reasons. We are donating it to a Colombian foundation with the kids who are don't have the funds to buy it themselves. Mm-hmm. And yeah, just that is also circular economy, even though that there is no, uh, it's not really, <laughs> no, it's not <laughs> something we are earning any money on. Of course, it's really just something that we are putting in a lot of effort into, but uh, to see the kids down there uh, being happy for stuff that we didn't find usable anymore is just so amazing. Yeah, I agree with that. And basically your business runs on a responsibility as a culture or it's incorporated in your business. And then at the end of the day, you also still contribute to kids that then you actually make them happy. And who knows, you actually make them here or who knows, maybe they you inspired them to be a cyclist one day. Who knows? <laughs> That's so, what we hope. For sure. So, and let's talk about more of the business side. Recently, I read this book, A Billion Dollar App. One of the common traits on how businesses like yours achieve success is that the co-founders has persistence. Uh, no matter what happens, they push through and they just go for it. So from what I've read on your website, you guys started in Denmark. The journey was from a basement shop floor to the international forum. Like what you've explained just now, you you already give us some sneak peek there just now. So tell us about your international presence. Yeah, so uh, we are so pleased to have customers in above 80 countries, which I find so cool. Like there's there. <laughs> To be honest, I thought I was quite strong in uh, geography, but uh, (laughs) there are some countries where we have customers where I didn't even know those countries existed. So I'm I'm very pleased, actually. And uh, just in general, yeah, we are are quite present uh, all over the world. Of course, some places we only have just one customer, but that is a passionate cyclist who for some reason founders anyways. 
Yeah, actually, we had customers in above 50 countries before we even did one paid ad wow. in uh, outside of Denmark. So that Whoa. was pretty cool. And we are still, we have still not focused uh, outside of Europe yet. It's, it's very exciting. And I think our international appearance is already uh, decent. There's still lots of work to do, lots of things we want to, to execute on and do, uh, lots of things we want to continue doing but uh, we have to take everything in our own steps regarding the persistency yeah of course it's very important that what i find the key to success for me and for for this company has definitely been uh, passion 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 all the way i'm so passionate about cycling i'm so passionate about circular economy and those two together i, I mean i started this as an idea because i thought it was fun and then it turned out to be a great job opportunity for me and, and all my fantastic employees. So, yeah, in general, I just find it super cool. And of course, there are some areas of, of this journey that has been very hard, but a persistency, passion, and then the fact that I, I was in this together with my partner, Casper, who has always been just as passionate as me. We've always worked so hard. Uh, if we had to both cancel like birthday parties and holidays and oh. so on, we did that <laughs> because, but we both did it, which were motivating, we were motivating each other a lot. And uh, I think that has been the key to success. So best partner in the world and then passion. And then that's a dream received, I would say. And then of course, fantastic employees. All right. Okay. So there you go. A recipe from Oscar, which is persistent, passion, good partner, and good employees to achieve success. And this is guaranteed by Oscar. So there we go. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing that as well. And yeah. maybe you can take it from here, BB. Go yeah, ahead. I would love to. I mean, I was uh, listening so up to what uh, Oscar was saying. In fact, the passion thing, I, I read it somewhere that more of if you are really having fun in what you're doing, that becomes your passion. And you just keep doing it more and more. So that is something which is very revealing to your uh, journey, your and Casper's journey so far. Now, there's an observation and a question. And so it, it's going to be a little lengthy. So just hear me out. You know, you are an entrepreneur and, and a successful one. Now, stereotypically, many entrepreneurs, not most inclined towards profit making. I mean, many of them do incline towards profit making. And it most most of the times comes very naturally. And I'm speaking from a very personal experience. And the other responsibilities such as duty towards your community and society at large gets overlooked somehow or the other. How do you balance this? You know, how do you balance this aspect? What's the secret sauce of every business decision you are making that are benefiting not just the community, but also profitable to your employees and your customers? Yeah, so uh, first of all, I think it's very important to say that me, myself, as, as a CEO, I do make a lot of mistakes. I think it's very yeah. important to do make mistakes. It's not like you're just yeah. taking all the right decisions just because you're the CEO and founder of a company. You're really making a lot of, uh, of tough decisions, but in the end, I, I go a lot with my gut feeling. And then, of course, experience helps a lot in this matter. Every time we ha I have to to, to make a tough call, I'm, I'm, of course, doing it together and getting support from my partner, Casper, which is very essential for, for me because we are like a two-man team on this one as we are the management of the company uh, or at least the top management at the moment. Sometimes there are some decisions where um, it is more to for the profit of the business rather than supporting the community or but i think that is very essential and that's also why you have a business that is moving it's because sometimes you have to think 
a lot about the profit and how to proceed because in the end it's it's so nice and uh, it's all, everything can be so well and you can support kids in Colombia and you can support all these nice courses and but uh, if you're not making any money it's not a sustainable business and that after all is is yeah. is so essential for you to be able to continue so I think what some people or what I would say is very important is that whenever you're you're starting a business start to think about how you make it profitable. When you have a profitable business, then you can start to think about, okay, we can support this and these courses, or we can support these kids in Colombia. We can help the community in this way because you already have a rolling business. So this will just support your ongoing rolling business. But if you don't have a profitable business before you start to do all of these projects, I think it's very, very difficult for you to, to actually establish a business in the end. Yeah, I mean, absolutely right, Oscar. If, if I may ask, what has been the most challenging challenging choice you spoke about certain sacrifices that you and your business buddy had to make as simple as cancelling a weekend party or so personal front or you know business uh, front can you think of some most challenging choice that you had to make yeah i mean of course there's been a lot of different and challenging uh, things especially yeah. like birthday parties and family vacations and so on that is something that you have to or we had to leave out at some point on a personal note the most hard has been just to give up a lot of social life for uh, like yeah i would almost say five years now when we have more and more employees it's starting to help a little bit we can take some days off but uh yeah it was like the start was really hard you didn't get any salary you were just working all day all night and uh, you didn't have a social life you had a few friends who were sticking on to the end which is still like then you just develop like a small social group of friends that you can that you have a lot of fun with now obviously and so on but of course there's a lot of things to give up on especially you if you want if as an entrepreneur if you have a very wide network of friends and so on you see a lot of people uh, right. I, I think that can be very challenging at least for me it was but yeah just friends girlfriends families all of this is something that you have to to basically put in second row for a period while you're building up and then you just have to focus on the business i know it sounds very harsh and that is only <laughs> my own personal experience i uh, but yeah that that has been some of the sacrifice I had to make and of course sometimes when I look back at it there were some things that I didn't see or didn't go to that that was a mistake from my side because it was a once in a lifetime uh, opportunity or once in a lifetime event but that's how it is if you can look back at your life and not regret anything I, I don't I don't think you've lived all, to the full yet so yeah all well which ends well and now it's not ends well it's actually started well for you mm. so it, the journey has just started so <laughs> yeah uh, Fantastic. Yeah, and it's also related to what we talk about just now, persistence. And then yeah. if you are passionate about it, then you will do everything in your power to fulfill that as well. Now let's go back to the sustainable side of things because I wanted to ask more about this because with the rise of sustainable influencers, advocates, and community, a lot of people are becoming more conscious into what they are purchasing and even changing their lifestyle. I've seen some of my friends who become a minimalist and we even did a podcast about that and who become vegan because they say it helps with their mental health as well. And then the way they live, they say it's so much better. So I wanted to ask you, what are your thoughts about the global rise of mindful shopping? For example, like buying sustainable things or maybe thrifted clothes, refurbished and recycled items, or another known phrase is pre-lift items. So what are your thoughts about it, Oscar? 
Yeah, I mean, uh, to be honest, I think we we made another term for that. That's called pro-owned, which is actually the, the the name of the company. So of course, I find it I find it so important and so awesome that people are really starting to accept that you have to wear like pre-loved or pre-owned clothing, bikes, vehicles, always vehicles, of course, yeah. but clothing, bikes. Uh, even everyday use stuff, because I think that that's basically us what what we'll build our business model on. And to be honest, five years ago when we started this, people were not that into pre-loved used yeah. sports clothing. So I think it was very hard in the start to just get all of this started and settled. But I really see a rising trend, and I think it's so so important that people are just starting to to see this. And even in the let's say the upper class or the high high end people of the world you also see it a lot with with people having uh, buying uh, used or pre-owned high end clothing and so on i think it's super important that people are not just taking this aspect just because of economy but they actually also have to think about this because of the global situation that we are in so that is really something i find i find nice and of course very very important topic of the world that the more stuff we can reuse recycle the better for the world and that is also some passion of mine just to ensure that everything gets reused out here at least or if it's not reusable then we ensure to pass it on to somebody who might be able to use it and uh, I'm, i'm always very very sorry if we have to for some reason throw anything out it's not something that we do uh, a lot but uh, sometimes you just have stuff where it's it's very difficult to to, mm-hmm. to do anything else with it but yeah <laughs> of you, course huge applaud Oscar for that. yeah and of course oscar predicted this trend so he's a change maker you can say that <laughs> yeah, so <of> now you mentioned that's also how you came up the idea with pro own cycles and so i wanted to ask more about that let's talk about business during this time so this pandemic had raised and shift consumers consumption patterns which gave a certain advantage towards your business and many more so how did you manage and strategize during this time despite you know the restrictions and with working hours there's also restrictions so how did you manage that first of all business wise i think we've been very lucky that if the main goal of, of this company has always been to be an has always been to be an e-commerce which that when the pandemic started we were all real well prepared for it we didn't have to create a new e-commerce business or we didn't have to create a new website or make any logistics agreements or so on we were very well prepared uh, which of course was essential for us to be able to to make the business running over all the pandemic. Uh, for me, it was a little bit challenging because I'm I'm traveling a lot. But even mm-hmm. last year, I had uh, I had almost 80 travel days all over Europe. Uh, so uh, yeah, it was a little bit challenging for me, and I had to do a lot of tests. But in general, it was okay. The lack of supplies has been the biggest problem for us, I would say. But actually, I jeopardized a little bit before Corona and ordered a lot of stock which means that when Corona started, we had so much items in stock, uh, which we were able to sell sell from. And that was really, uh, I would say, a, a lucky punch maybe from my side, because when all other cyclist dealers all over Europe were lacking stock, we were just having a lot of it and could just push bikes and clothing components out every day. Uh, we also sold a lot to some of the countries that were in lockdown mm-hmm. because the logistics companies were working there, but the, some of the local shops and so on weren't. Uh, so we were able, able to provide bikes, clothing, some home trainer equipment and so on for a lot <laughs> of the people who are in lockdown, which uh, we 
it was very, very nice for us to be able to do that. And we had a lot of happy customers all over the world, actually, who was saying, we're so pleased that we can get this stock from you because it's not, we are not able to get it anywhere else. So yeah, we, uh, I think we jeopardized a little bit before Corona and ordered a lot of stock, but uh, luckily uh, it turned out really well. That sounds so great. And again, you predicted the trend once again, that e-commerce is always there to save the day. So, <laughs> and so that must have been a whirlwind from handling the end-to-end from logistics and then ordering the stocks that you mentioned, but it brought pro own cycling to where you are today. And of course, you are known as one of the dates on Forbes 30 under 30. So tell us something about the Forbes 30 under 30 in Europe. How did this happen? And when did you come to know about it? Yeah, so uh, I think it was uh, back in November last year, I had an interview together with Forbes where they recognized me as a potential upcomer of the Forbes 30 under 30. And yeah, we had a very good interview with, with one of the very nice journalists there. Uh, he wrote about the full story and how it was, I think it was uh, named something like this Danish entrepreneur is selling the bikes of the pros or something like that. Uh, but anyways, we had a really nice talk and uh, I think it was like a two and a half hour interview it was really long. Also made a very nice article out of it. Uh, but then also he said afterwards that I think I will say to some of the people who are pointing out the Forbes on the 13 here that uh, you might be a potential candidate for that. And then uh, one day there was just dropping in an email for me stating if I that they had some questions for me about different things. And then uh, I just answered them and yeah. Then uh, one day another email popped in that I was uh, recognized <laughs> as one of the yeah, most talented uh, people in, uh, in Europe for, for e-commerce. So very pleased and happy. And uh, of course, this is not, I wouldn't say it's not, it's not my price. It's, um, it's, it's me and Casper's price, but there's just the rules in Forbes that it has to be co-founders and technically Casper is not a co-founder. So this oh. is me and Casper's reward and, and not just mine, but uh, we are sharing it and we are so grateful and happy to to be recognized as as these talents we are so happy and grateful to be talking to you also <laughs> yeah. and knowing casper as well so yeah it's it's a privilege for us yeah <laughs> definitely you. and amazing achievement and well deserved as well i mean again we go back to your recipe which is persistence passion and of course with a great partner like casper which brought you here today. Well, Oscar, it has been a great year for you. So no doubt we will see more of you in the future. Of course, I'm talking about whether you have any plans to expand to Asia or not. Fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah. <So. laughs> yeah, actually, I mean, uh, we are already uh, having uh, a lot of plans to expand to Asia. I mean, we already have a lot of sales in Asia, especially Japan and Taiwan is, 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 is rising markets for us. So that's really cool. Malaysia, we also have some customers. and but uh, But in general, Asia is definitely a very interesting market. That's something that we are looking into, but it is also, I like to ensure that uh, whenever I go into something, I want to be well prepared and go all in on it. So uh, yeah, yeah, beware quite soon. We'll be there. Okay. That's good to hear. And before we wrap up, just one more thing I would like to ask, what is next for Oscar and what is next for pro own cycling? Can you share a little bit insider info for our listeners, maybe? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course, uh, I would be happy to say so. Yeah, Pro and Cycling is still on a fantastic journey where we just keep expanding and keep developing our products. Especially next year, we'll have the Tour de France coming to Denmark, which will be the 
main topic for prone cycling in 2022 until at least until July when when it's all been happened there. So we will have a lot of focus on Tour de France 2022 coming to Denmark and then just in general keep expanding. We want to expand uh, to several other markets, but that's a, a longer term plan for us of course. Regarding myself, I just want to keep uh, loving what what we do now. I hope that we can have much more fantastic colleagues in the team. I find it so cool that we have different nationalities, different people, different people with different passion and so on. It's just just keep having great company with ha- which having a great social life. Actually, one funny thing where it makes me happy and sad at the same time is that sometimes I could go to lunch and then all the all 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 the all my colleagues would be sitting and saying hey, we had the best party this weekend or we had the best bike ride this weekend. <laughs> and then I thought me and Casper are like, mm, we didn't hear anything about that, but that's just <laughs> positive that the colleagues are having such a good time together. They go bike riding together. They go partying together. And yeah, it's just amazing. So for, for me, the next year, it will be lots of hard work, but definitely also fun and uh, just enjoying that we are in this position we are now and uh, that we can help to change the world in a in a situation where where we need to focus on a circular economy definitely that sounds so cool and <laughs> i'm sure you will be going to more parties as well next year and maybe <laughs> you will get invited more from your from your peers as well thanks oscar for joining for our listeners there i hope you learned something new and inspired by oscar's journey so bb any last thought yeah very easy for me to kind of give my last thoughts and on two things basically so one is have fun in what you're doing everybody is not an entrepreneur but everybody should have fun in what they are doing and uh, just as oscar's story once you're having fun with what you're doing and then you can you know relate your passion to purpose and the passion and fun with cycling came to a to a purpose so that's the first thing which i kind of take away and our listeners will The second thing is that uh, we all know, and this is not a hidden fact or not something unknown, that we are stepping into a future which is unpredictable, which is unknown. But we definitely know that the demand is going to be bigger and bigger. So there will be demand for more things. And so as Oscar pointed out, very important to think in a circular economy fashion. And thanks that we have businesses like Proon Cycles who are in that path. So I'm actually very delighted. So these are my two takeaways: fun and passion, and and on the other hand, think about the planet in whatever you do. That's all from my side. Thanks a lot, Oscar. Yeah, that That's was such a great uh, summary. <laughs> yeah, really, really great. Just in in general, happy and also big applause to you guys for making an awesome podcast, which are uh, setting focus on a very important topic. I think yeah. it's so cool that you, despite the pandemic and these, that we have to uh, do the podcast on uh, virtual, <laughs> and uh, that you are. Uh, I mean, it's Friday night for you guys. You, uh, but you're you're, you're talking <laughs> with me right now. Yeah, of course you're in lockdown, but still, I think it's really cool. And uh, just in general, that is passion. What I see there. So uh, keep up the podcasting, and I think you'll you'll get fired with this one as well. Oh thank my you. God, I hope so. Thank you for the nice words, Oscar. And of course, everybody, thank you so much for tuning in. Make sure you follow our Instagram at Spill the Teapots. And now we have a brand new website that me and BB stayed up all night to do it. It's spilltheteapots.com. And Oscar, of course, would you like to share your social media? Where can we find you online? Yeah, of course. You can find me on Instagram. My name is like underscore Oscar Bjorn, O-S-C-A-R-B-J-O-R-N. Or you can find me on LinkedIn. My my name is Oscar Bjorn Rosiger. It's probably going to 
be displayed <laughs> somewhere in this podcast. But uh, yeah. yeah, you're welcome to to follow me. My Instagram is a little bit more uh, also my personal life. So uh, <laughs> it's uh, also what, what you do behind the scenes. <laughs> so <to say. laughs> That's exciting. Yeah. All right. And of course, what Oscar has special, we will put all his links under our description box and also tag him on our Instagram once this podcast is released. Thank you, everyone, and hope you enjoy this episode. Goodbye. Bye.